0: barely gave him a baleful look. It's not like I have anything better to do. She thrust suddenly to her feet with a sound of frustration, knocking her stool over with a clatter. They've been knackering in there more than a glass. What could they possibly have to talk about? Yes or no, perfectly simple, she said, stomping down a crooked aisle inside her cramped workroom, her heavy boots thumping on the slate floor. It hardly seemed possible that this crammed-to-the-rafters room was fully as large as her forge on the other side of the obstinately closed doors. The outer workroom contained an array of tables, workbenches, shelves, and cupboards, most of which were heaped with the detritus of her trade. Tools, wire, metal scraps, rags, buckets, boxes, casks, ropes, chains, leather aprons and gloves, shards of glass, silveth and precious stones, and a thousand other little bits and oddments that Fairley had collected in the expectation that someday they would be useful. She never threw anything away. There was an unusual chill in the air. Outdoors, the winter held on with a desperate grasp, and she'd not yet been allowed into her forge to stir the coals today. Her fingers flexed. She felt invaded, even though she'd invited the guild to evaluate her work. She was nearly ready to toss them all out on their asses. What is taking so cracking long? She grumbled again when Shay remained silent. She dug her hands deep in her pockets and balled them into fists. They have to make a good show of it, he said with aggravating equanimity. Wouldn't do to pronounce you Master Metalsmith without deep ruminations and endless blatherings to prove that they took your application seriously enough they at least have to pretend to consider, though clearly the sculpture is unequivocally without compare. Fairly narrowed her eyes at Shay, suspecting that he was mocking her. He was one of her two best friends, and yet it wasn't often easy to tell when he was being serious or sardonic. Usually he didn't turn the sharp end of his wit against her, since as a result she was just as likely as not to dribble molten metal on his foot and he disliked it when she resorted to such defenses. Of course, since that first time, he'd taken care to always wear magicked boots when in her workroom. Now he held up his hands as if in surrender, his sleepy brows rising in innocence, though whether real or feigned, fairly couldn't decide. It is absolutely the truth, he said. Your work is superlative. No sane person could possibly argue otherwise. Of all the living masters, you are certainly the finest. And in time, you will outshine everyone who came before you. That much is obvious. But they have the politics of the guild to consider. Making you a master so young is nearly unheard of in any crafts guild. And add in the fact that your sponsor is the crown, the politics are a quagmire. They don't want to gain a reputation of peddling favors to the crown. They must appear like they've been exceedingly stringent. But even if they err on the side of raising the criteria only for you, still, they cannot set any standard so high that they can refuse your petition. You aren't usually so forgiving of politics and maneuverings, Fairley said, warmth for his words steadying her nerves. Even so, she could not believe him. She knew the sculpture was good but she could see its flaws as clearly as if they were lighthouse beacons. The guildmasters would surely see them as well. In fact, you downright despise them. So why are you being so patient with them? Perhaps I'm turning over a new leaf? Fairly snorted. I'll believe that when the sea turns pink. She waved away the digression and returned to the subject foremost on her mind. But say that you're right. They could just as well refuse me the badge and tell me to try again later.